Hello and welcome to DFS Talk. It is Sunday, October 18th, 2020. I'm Peter Hansen alongside Sugar Shane Caldwell for the primetime show. And Shane, we've got three games, an exciting mixture of slates, one game Sunday night, two on Monday. I'm fired up for this three-game slate. How about you? Yeah, this is uh, shaping up to be an awesome slate. We get the double header on uh, on Monday again, yes. and not only do we get the double header, but we get a lot of superstars and really good teams in these in these matchups here. So it's kind of like fantasy gold here. So you know, I know DraftKings has a huge con- a contest going on, the old Millie Maker going on on Monday night. So this is great for uh, for fantasy in the DFS world and. Boy, we got a lot of a lot of really juicy plays here, a lot of good decisions to make here. So I think we're going to give people that are playing those slates some awesome picks and some good uh, matchup analysis and breakdowns here. Yeah, you're right. And there is a real mixture of slates and combinations with the three games. So we're just going to go one game at a time, break down the matchups and try to help you build winners on whichever slate that you're playing. We certainly invite you to come in with us as members and get our final lineups. You can do that by going to DFSCoachTalk.com, pick up a weekly, monthly, or annual membership, or our newly introduced Winter Special, which takes you through the Super Bowl, and it gives you access to all of our other sports. Uh, So we'd love to have you jump on that, and then we'll give you the final uh, lineups. On FanDuel, we'll give a cash lineup, a GPP lineup. On DraftKings, we give uh, a coach's clipboard with core plays and pivots. And then with a showdown slate, we give uh, a small core of players. And then the two-game slate will be a little bit different. So a bunch of different combinations. We're going to have you ready for every slate. And let's jump into game one. And uh, while we do that, let's thank our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. Go there for all your sports wagering and casino action. Make sure to use the promo code COACHTALK. On your first deposit, get a 125% match. And Shane, looking at game one on betus.com.pa, the Rams are road favorites by three against the division rival 49ers, over-under set at 51.5. And And these two teams going in different directions. The Rams coming off, uh, sorry, the 49ers coming off that Super Bowl appearance, but two straight losses. Uh, close one to Philly in primetime, and then they got trounced by Miami, 43-17, while the Rams are 4-1 and coming off two straight wins against the Giants and Washington. And one of the things I'm excited about in this game is that we don't really have any injury issues with the skill position players. So all the guys who you're expecting to be out there will be there, uh, and they're just going to uh, kick it off and go. So once we get underway here on Sunday night, what are you expecting in this matchup? Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy that San Francisco game. They're at home and Miami comes in there and just puts a whooping on them. Yeah. And the game got out of hand early. Garoppolo looked really bad coming back from the injury, threw some really bad picks, and he was pulled for uh, C.J. Beathard. Uh, Garoppolo is going to be back in here. Uh, but, yeah, obviously I like the Rams here, but I think that 49ers will bounce back and play a more competitive game here as well. Um, but, yeah, overall I think I like the Rams. Uh, a couple, Just a few players that uh, stood out to me from San Francisco. So Raheem Moster is back now. You know, he was out for a little bit. But Raheem Moster looked uh, really good to me. 
Uh, he looked explosive and powerful, as he always does. And obviously, San Francisco wants to run the ball, especially with their quarterback position being kind of questionable, whether Garoppolo, whether you can trust him, or if you're going to bring in one of these other backups that they got. It's kind of iffy. So San Francisco is going to get back to that old-school smash-mouth football, and a lot of that production is going to come from Raheem Moster. So if you are playing a slate that has this game on there, I would expect get exposure to Raheem Moster for sure, because the game plan is going to be to protect the quarterback and to try to run right at Aaron Donald and those guys and open up some holes. I love their schemes and I love the talent here. Moster was pretty much game scripted out of that game because they got down so big. Um, so that's why he didn't have as many carries, but he just looks like a big game waiting to happen. And then I, you can take a look at George Kittle as well. It's a pretty good, you know, pretty good matchup here against the Rams and they should have to pass, uh, you know, still quite a bit when they're not running. And I can see them getting into some of those design plays for Kittle and some of those play action shots to Kittle, who's obviously a great run after the catch explosive type player. So I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of Debo Samuel here. I like Debo Samuel as a player, uh, you know, but he's going to probably be dealing with a, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, the, the Rams corners there are really tough. So, um, so I don't think I want to mess with that. I'd say Brian, Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. If you want a super cheap play, he's looked pretty good as well. So he's another wide receiver. And then when you get to the Rams side here, Jared Goff has looked solid. You know, he's he's been he's just been really productive, getting rid of the ball quick. He's been accurate. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of nice weapons here. So Jared Goff's a nice play. And then Cam Akers is, is coming back and getting into the mix, and his production is just going to keep going up and up and up, and they're going to give him more carries. He's pretty cheap on most of these slates, and Cam Akers is, I think, by far the most talented running back for the Rams in a good spot here. And then, of course, you got Cooper Cup in the slot. He has a great matchup. Uh, that's where San Francisco's most vulnerable for their secondaries in the slot, and Cooper Cup's in a good spot here. So those are the majority of guys that I'm looking at, the primary guys I'm looking at in this particular game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, I'll start with the Rams since you finished over there, and, and Cup certainly at the top of my list here. Uh, love him on DraftKings with the PPR. You could look at him as captain. Uh, for the showdown slate on DraftKings. Robert Woods, I think, is worth considering. You know, the Rams historically do quite a good job of really focusing their targets on those two guys and then, you know, maybe one of the tight ends as well. Uh, but you can certainly play both of those guys together in just about any format, really, on, on either site. And with the running backs, uh, the, the price tag that jumped out at me the most in my research, is Cam Akers in that showdown slate on DraftKings. He's only 2,000, whereas Henderson is 7.6. And, you know, yes, Henderson getting a bunch more of the touches. He had 18 touches last week. Akers only had those nine carries in, in more of mop-up duty against the Washington football team. But on a showdown slate with a guy who might, you know, get – a bigger percentage of, of the touches. Uh, I really like 2,000 for Akers. And then the 49ers side, I'm also going to focus on Mostert and Kittle. Uh, Kittle, you know, he's got that solid matchup uh, because, you know, the Rams, they're, they're, hard to, they're hard to really do anything against. You know, they're, they're, they're tough across the board, but they've been even tougher on the run. So if they're going to throw it, you got to figure they'll look to Kittle uh, looking at previous tight end matchups, you know, Tyler Croft scored twice against the Rams from the, from the tight end position. So I think Kittle can get some work, uh, some work done 
And Mostert, um, 14 touches last week. And McKinnon is the the X factor here because he kind of disappeared last week. He only got three touches. Uh, Jeff Wilson had four carries. He actually is the one piece of injury news I should mention. Jeff Wilson is questionable here early Sunday morning. So check in on that before kickoff because if he's out, you could look at McKinnon uh, to get a few more touches. And, you know, he, he could certainly break one. But uh, I still prefer Akers probably in that same price range. All right, Shane, are you ready for game two? Yeah, this is a, a pretty exciting game here. They got some awesome quarterbacks going here. So. Yeah, let's let's transition to the Monday slate. Uh, first one's going to be the Chiefs against the Bills at kicking off at five o'clock Eastern, and on Bet US, the Chiefs are the four and a half point road favorite. Uh, money has been coming in on the Chiefs, and a big over under here fifty seven. Uh, interesting context here for both of these teams. They were four and zero. But they lost last week. Chiefs, of course, in that high-scoring game with Vegas, lost 40-32. to And the Bills coming off that tough Tuesday night game in, in Tennessee where they got beat soundly 42-16. to Much more significant injury news here in Game 2, Shane. On the Chiefs' side, uh, Sammy Watkins is out. And Le'Veon Bell, who just signed with the team, of course, is not going to play until Week 7. So keep those uh, issues in mind. And then on the Bills side, tight end Dawson Knox is out. John Brown right now is questionable. Cornerback Tredavious White is questionable. And Zach Moss has been ruled in. So a mix-up there in that Buffalo backfield. So with that, that context in mind, where are you looking here in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, it does kind of make it interesting to see if Tredavious White is going to play or not because he would probably be a lot lined up with Meikle Hardman on the outside I think Mikkel Hardman is the obvious value play here because he, if he can get pretty much most of the snap share with uh, Watkins out, everyone knows Mikkel Hardman is, uh, you know, he's becoming more and more involved in his offense. He's super explosive, and they really have to pay attention to, to Tyree Kill and Kelsey. So Mikkel Hardman's a great value play. Tredavious White's a pretty good corner, but if he's banged up or, you know, limited in the game or not playing at all, then that makes the matchup even better. So I think there'll be a lot of exposure to Mikkel Hardman. He's a good play. Obviously, then you can take Mahomes and you can pretty much stack him with all his targets. Technically, Tyree Kill has the best advantage here in terms of uh, uh, coverage. He should be lining up in, up in the slot there. So Tyree Kill in the slot, most likely Mikkel Hardman and Robinson on the outside. And Tyree Kill will face Teron Johnson, who's been really weak in terms of coverage grades for Buffalo. Everyone knows you kind of attack Buffalo right up the middle and Tyree Kill can attack them deep and in, uh, underneath and just cause a lot of issues horizontally, vertically, you name it. That's what Kansas City does to you. Uh, so I don't really see how the, this Buffalo defense can really match up against Kansas City um, like uh, the Raiders were able to and a few other teams were able to match up well against them. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, and then Kelsey is a, you know has a mismatch as well. I don't think anyone can really cover him. So Kelsey and Tyra Kill, I mean, all the usual suspects here. And then it's going to be the question, do you want to play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
Elair and say, well, this is kind of his last hurrah. This is his last chance to prove himself because it was a little bit disrespectful to him that they traded for, you know, a former pro bowler in Le'Veon Bell. You know, he was supposed to be the main guy here. And obviously they don't trust him fully. You know, he hasn't really been that good in the goal line. I keep saying every week, Clyde Edwards or Lair is going to get a touchdown. And then he doesn't. So I think the Chiefs are saying the same thing. Like, hey, he should have been a little more productive in the red zone goal line. He hasn't been elite as a wide as a receiving back like we thought. He's been okay. So he hasn't really been that impressive. But Kansas City does have a big run blocking advantage here. And it's a good matchup against Buffalo. And they can certainly get him a lot of carries. He's still going to get volume. So Clyde Edwards is still in play. And you can probably get him at lower ownership the way that the way things are trending here. Um, so I think you can take a take a look at that. So that's kind of what I'm looking at on the Kansas City side. Uh, what do you what are you thinking here? You just stack the whole Kansas City team and, and make it work from there. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, Nicole Hardman, you know he's going to be underpriced for that role, and uh, you know he's the guy that can just really give you a ceiling game in a heartbeat. Uh, so I like I like combining those three. Ceh, I agree with you. He's going to be extra motivated. You know, he hasn't done well inside the five when he's been rushing. It was unfortunate last week because he caught one for a score inside the red zone. and got called back for a questionable penalty. Um, but uh, so so for CEH, to me, it kind of depends on which slate you're you're playing. Uh, he's not going to be the first guy I'm looking at for Kansas City. I'm, I'm really going to be focused on that on that passing attack. Yep, Definitely. And then on the Buffalo side, I mean, this could certainly be – it's a great game script for uh, for Josh Allen here. He had a really bad game against Tennessee, some sloppy turnovers and interceptions. But Josh Allen, he can get it done on the ground. He can get some, some of those rushing touchdowns that he's known for. And he can certainly sling the ball, and he's got great weapons here. It'd be nice if he could get John Brown back. We'll have to wait and see if John Brown plays. I think having that extra weapon, they're going to need him to try to try to compete with this Kansas City uh, high-scoring attack. Um, I think uh, Stefan Diggs has been playing great, but uh, uh, Kansas City's pretty tough. You know, he'll he'll most likely be matched up against Tredavious uh, uh, Ward, who's a really good cover corner for Kansas City. So I don't love the matchup for Diggs, even though he's super talented. He's still good enough to win in that matchup, but it doesn't seem like a high ceiling spot for him. Um, so I think just overall Kansas City's defense should be able to contain them. But Josh Allen is sneaky. He gets those off script plays and he's going to be in that situation where he's going to have to score and be aggressive. So Josh Allen could certainly get some some uh, garbage time here. It's just he's more of a GPP, GPP play if you're really trying to get different and fade Mahomes because most of the ownership is going to be on Mahomes here. But you got to try to figure out a way to get different some, somewhere in a large field GPP. So I could see Josh Allen taking a flyer. And I do like Zach Moss coming back. He's the, really their only true early down running back. I don't really look at Singletary as like a workhorse type early down running back. He hasn't been productive. Buffalo needs to try to get the running game going. If, if you look at a strategy from Buffalo, we need to try to keep Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs off the field, which means having longer drives, being able to control the clock a little bit and be able to run the ball, which they haven't been good at lately. But if they could get the running game going, uh, Zach Moss is a pretty powerful running back. I, I like him as a rookie coming back from an injury. He's fully practicing now and fully healthy. So I think he's a guy you can look at that's kind of cheaper here. Other than that, you know, there's not a lot that I love on the Buffalo side here. It's a little bit hard to get to him. But they are going to have to score some points to try to keep pace with the Kansas City team here. Yeah, they, they really are, no doubt. 
And you do want to get some exposure to that Buffalo backfield if if you could, you know, because on paper you can really run against Kansas City. They're number 29 so far on the season. Uh, but the problem is that that committee with Moss back in the picture, you know, he played the first two weeks and he averaged 10 touches per week. And, you know, Singletary for a while there you know, had a nice bump, but but not anymore. So, uh, you, like I say, you, you it would be nice to, to use one of those guys. And if you do pick one of them, you are going to save some money in comparison to CEH. So I may go there for a lineup or two. But when you talk about getting different with a GPP, I think one way to do it is to pick out one of these Bills receivers. And the biggest piece of news is going to be John Brown. So we'll have to see if he's playing. But if he's out, Gabriel Davis really looked pretty good against Tennessee. And he's cheap on the uh, the millionaire slate on DraftKings. He's only 3500 So uh, there's a way to get uh, a skill position player in this high-scoring game at a good price. So I'll have some shares of him if John Brown is out. Yeah, he looks good, and they're, they're going to have to sling the ball around for sure. So should be a lot of nice garbage time production there, a lot of volume, <laughs> passing volume is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and the Raiders had success uh, through the air last week against Kansas City. So we, we know it can be done. Definitely. All right, Shane, before we get to the second half here of the Monday Night Slate, as we try to help you build that winning lineup in the Millionaire Maker, let's hear from our partners at betus.com.pa. Welcome back. Thank you to our partners at betus.com.pa. And Shane, the second game here in the Monday night doubleheader, game three of the primetime slate, pits the Arizona Cardinals against the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, our fearless leader, Joe Sarvati, lives in the Dallas area, so he's a big Cowboys fan. So got to send our condolences out to Coach and the rest of the Cowboys fans for the loss of Dak. Uh, just a brutal injury. Real tough to see him go down like that. So very unfortunate. Uh, Andy Dalton, of course, stepping in. Um, and, you know, that really changes the scenario here because, man, Dallas's passing attack has been phenomenal this year. They've been averaging 396 yards a game through the air, over 500 yards of offense every week. But uh, it's, it's going to be a different story with Dalton. So I want to get your view on that here in a minute. But, of course, want to introduce the game uh, from BetUS. Arizona, the one-point favorite on the road in Dallas. And another big over-under here of 55. So with the uh, the change there under center in Dallas, how are you seeing this one play out? 
Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I think that was a great signing. Obviously, it's turned out to be a really good signing by them in the offseason. Um, I said it as soon as they signed him, I was like, that's a great backup quarterback there. He fits the system. You know, he's from the Dallas area originally. So, I mean, this is like a homecoming for him, uh, play, playing in his hometown. He's got all these weapons, got a great, great offense, great, great system. I mean, it's a good spot for Andy Dalton. And he's facing Arizona, who has a pretty – has a pretty lackluster uh, pass rush and a pretty bad secondary, really. So it's a perfect spot um, for Andy Dalton to make his uh, his debut here. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Dak's out, but I think they're going to be fine. I mean, obviously, the bigger uh, issue with this team has been their defense, you know. I mean, Dak was putting up record numbers and scoring a ton of points, but they were still losing anyway. So they got to try to figure that out. Um, but you kind of wonder, are they, or is Dallas going to start running the ball now even more with Elliott? Elliott's been really getting production in the passing game, really more than the running game. They're going to have to probably, you know, force the ball to Elliott a little bit more in the running game and try to get that running game going and set up the play action with Dalton. So, I mean, Dalton will still be able to pass and pick apart the Arizona uh defense here in the passing game but the main thing you want to do if you're Dallas is keep your defense off the field that's just my opinion if I was the coach I'm trying to I want to keep Kyler Murray in this explosive Arizona fast-paced offense off the field so I think Elliott is a guy that you know it looks good to pay up for the problem is if you're trying to pay up for some of these expensive receivers are you going to be able to afford him or if you're trying to pay up for Kyler Murray but Elliott's in a great spot here obviously he should get a more rundown running work here. And obviously he's the goal line back and he's getting more passing production. And Andy Dalton is pretty good at checking down to those running backs there. Uh, so I like that. Um, I do like Andy Dalton on most of these slates. He's a pretty cheap price. So I think he's a great value right now as well. A good matchup. My number one wide receiver for Dallas is going to be Amari Cooper. I know CD lamb has been probably the best re receiver for Dallas. But Amari Cooper is a big bounce back spot here. He's going to be mostly on Patrick Peterson uh, covering him. And Patrick Peterson is not the the, the shutdown corner he used to be. So I look for Amari Cooper to have a huge game here. CeeDee Lamb and Gallup are still in play. Gallup also has a good matchup on the outside as well. So I could see him having a sneaky good game. Um, and then, of course, you could if you're going cheap at tight end, you can go with Dalton Schultz. He's really cheap there as well for the Dallas side. So, I mean, you got pretty much all their skill position guys in play here, which is no surprise with Dallas. But I would say the best play is Amari Cooper and then followed by Elliott if you can fit in fit him in the budget there. So that's kind of where I'm at on this Dallas side here. Yeah, and Zeke, you know, for a guy that, as you said, they may turn to, and, and rely on even more, you know, he's had at least 20-plus touches every week this season. And, you know, he's been consistent. He hasn't had monster ceiling games here, but, uh, you know, if they give him even a few more touches, that really sets up well. Uh, good spot to get get invested in Zeke here this week. And, you know, the, the passing attack is attractive to me for all the reasons you said. And, Looking at that red zone, you know, Lamb has been great. Lots of uh, targets and red zone touches. Uh, but if that regresses a little bit, then, this, you know, this could be Cooper's time to shine. And he's cheaper than Lamb on the Monday Night Millionaire slate on DraftKings. So really good price for Cooper at 5.5. .5. Um, you know, 1,200 less than Tyree Kill, 2,400 less than um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. So you can get him at a price that you normally could not. So plenty of value there. Now, over on the Arizona side, 
you know, look at this rushing opportunity for the Cardinals. Dallas number 28 against the the rush so far this season. And the, uh, the other price tag that really jumped out at me on all these slates is the millionaire maker on DraftKings, the running backs for Arizona. Drake is 4.8 and Edmonds, you know, his quote unquote backup on paper, 4.9. I know it's PPR. I know Edmonds gets a lot of receptions, but with the matchup that strong for the running backs, I think Drake is a, is a little bit cheap here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the problem with Drake, he just hasn't looked good. I mean, he's looked really kind of not very explosive. You know, he's getting volume. Um, but, you know, so he had a decent game, but that was against the New York Jets, you know, last week. So the Jets aren't really that great. So, it, you know, and obviously Dallas is a pretty good matchup as well. So I don't I don't know if it's just because Edmonds has looked so good you know, when he's in there and Kenyon Drake's looked average, but yeah, I mean, Drake, Drake is a good play. I mean, at least he's not priced a lot more expensive, but I still just like the explosive upside and the playmaking of Edmonds. So I feel like Edmonds is a little bit more like that GPP, you know, breakout play where Kenyon Drake's a little bit more safe, safer play. Um, and obviously we'll get a little, lot more uh, rush, you know, a lot more carries in the running game. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about a site like DraftKings, Edmonds is so involved. If you think Dallas is going to get a lead on them, and they're going to have to be in hurry-up mode and comeback mode. Edmonds is the play then. If you think that Arizona is going to get a lead, then, yeah, Kenyon Drake would probably be the play. So it's it's too close to call it, though. It's only, you know, it's a one – Arizona's only a one-point favorite, so it's really hard to tell. Um, but I think Dallas is going to be fine in this game. I actually probably would pick Dallas to win this game So overall. Um, so that's why I think I, I would say that they're going to play from behind. I would lean a little bit more Chase Edmonds, even though technically Drake gets a lot more carries. Um, and okay. Dallas is pretty decent against the run. So that was kind of my thoughts is you could probably expose them more on pass down work for the run, for the running backs, as opposed to just running right at them. They've been decent against the run and really bad against the pass. So, um, so I mean, that's kind been, of where I'm at. They've been bad everywhere. So, so let's look at yeah. that passing game for Arizona. Are, are you interested in paying up for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I think he's worth paying up for. I can see why a lot of people wouldn't because he's so expensive. But, I mean, he's going to have Darrell Worley on him and the rest of the Cowboys secondary. It's a complete mismatch here. Um, so this is the type of game where, I mean, he should be the highest scoring guy in the slate, especially if you're talking PPR formats. I mean, he has upside of over 30 fantasy points here easily. Um, so I just feel like he's the guy that you have to have, uh, even though he's expensive. And you're just going to have to get a little more contrarian. Like you might have to, instead of stacking him with, with Murray, you might have to go down to Andy Dalton and just run back Hopkins on the other side. That's one way you'll be able to get to that because it's going to get expensive if you if you go with uh, you know Kyler Murray and Hopkins together, but you also want to play let's say Elliott or someone like that. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is you know the strategy is if you play Andy Dalton's pair him up with the guy with a few guys on his team, then you you run Hopkins back the other way. I think the optimal strategy, but I think Hopkins is in too good of a spot to fade here in, in this fast paced offense, the amount of volume he's going to get, even though he's expensive, I think he's totally worth it. Yeah. I'm going to look at it and play around with it again, depending on the slate. Um, it certainly makes sense to have him out there in a bunch of lineups, but I'm going to play a few without him um, and, and build a, a couple different lineups um, because I, I do think he'll be heavily owned and, you know, I, I've done enough podcasts with you now, Shane, where I got to look to fade the chalk sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, it know. is a smash it's... spot. Okay. So I'm not saying hundred percent fade, but I am going to build yeah. some lineups without him. 
it's just hard in these slates there's only a couple games you know because if you don't have that one player that like goes crazy like breaks the slate then you're, you're pretty much out of it already yeah. so yeah it is good i mean obviously you're fine if you build multiple lineups you can hedge a little bit there but it's just if if i were just going to build one lineup i would have to put hopkins and probably amari cooper both in it cooper's too cheap obviously and he has similar upside hopkins is just, hopkins this is just one of those games where you can catch like 12 balls or you know something like that and like one or two touchdowns and just have this ridiculous blow up game you know absolutely well i mean this is going to be a lot of fun these different slates we're going to have a bunch of different lineups for our members so again we invite you to jump in and join us go to dfscoachtalk.com Get the weekly, monthly, or annual uh, membership, or get the winter special uh, for the NFL folks out there that'll take you through the Super Bowl, uh, dfscoachtalk.com. Social media, please uh, give us the like and the thumbs up on YouTube and subscribe to the channel so you get the notifications when our podcasts post. Uh, Feel free to interact with us on Twitter. At your leisure, you can find us at dfscoachtalk.com. Shane is available at DET Sports. Shane, I'm at Language Olympic, and the biggest Cowboys fan in our group is the coach. He's available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, he just might not respond during the Cowboys game, uh, probably at halftime, though. He, he's uh, very responsive. So we love interacting with everybody on social media. Thank you for all your support. Uh, charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk, mambaon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E. I want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. And our next show, Shane, it's not going to be until Thursday, but we'll have everybody ready for week six. On Thursday, we'll go game by game, uh, give you that preview. And there should be a Thursday night game this week, right? So we'll have a, a Wednesday night podcast previewing the Thursday night showdown slate. So i uh, love to have you uh, join us for all those. Good luck to everybody on Sunday here in week six. And on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen, and we look forward to joining you next time as we look to crush it in DFS. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back. Thank you again to our partners at betus.com.pa. Be sure to use that promo code COACHTALK. And uh, this is a podcast that is in front of the paywall. So one favor we'd like you to ask if you could just, we'd like to ask you if you could just click the thumbs up on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. You will be notified when our podcasts 
post. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Uh, Shane, let's get into these tight ends here. Who are you targeting in week five? You know, the tight end position is kind of ugly in general. You know, I feel like I've been saying that about every week. And this week it's just, you know, there's going to be some super high owned. The tight end uh, ownership percentage is extremely concentrated here. So obviously you're going to have your big guys, uh, George Kittle. I don't need to talk a lot about George Kittle. If you saw what he did the uh, last game, he was out there. Yes. Uh, and, he's, and he's up against Miami now. So George Basically, Kittle. Basically, if you, if you turned into that game for any random three-minute segment, he probably had two or three catches. Yeah, he probably punched someone in the in the mouth and knocked him over. <laughs> so, you know, that's basically what he He was playing some bowling ball out there. So you got Kittle. Uh, and then uh, you, at the high end, you got Kelsey. You can be a little different and pay up for Kelsey against the Raiders. You know, it's a pretty good matchup there. Um, so he's in a, he's in a good spot. And then you got Waller, who's in that great spot because Kansas City's not good against tight ends, and they should likely be uh, playing from behind and having to have a lot of pass volume, especially in the second half. So, yeah, Chiefs favored of, Chiefs favored by eleven and a half now with that over under at fifty five. So Raiders, yeah, uh, we expect them to be playing catch up. Yeah, so they're they're just going to play a prevent defense if they get up by big big points, and Darren Waller's just going to get a ton of passes, so he's super valuable here. Um, and then I think a lot of people are going to be looking at uh, Evan Ingram. He kind of makes you a little bit nervous, but he is super talented, and they probably are going to be playing from behind against Dallas, who's not great against tight ends. And you know Daniel Jones is going to have to hit him, and you know he is a, he is a really big athletic tight end, and he's pretty uh, pretty reasonably priced there. Uh, so Evan Ingram, I think, is definitely in play. Um, and then my favorite player, Eric Ebron. <laughs> he's there not really is. my favorite player. But, you know, Eric Ebron is, uh, you know, he's a fast, athletic-type uh, tight end. So when he actually can catch the ball, sometimes he has a hard time with that. He's he gets great production, and he's a red zone target as well. Um, he does have to split some of the time with uh, McDonald, but I'm not too worried about that because they do, they're do they going to run a lot of two tight end sets as well. So he's, he's getting on the field more. Um, I think if he's getting more comfortable with this offense, I mean, they're coming off that pretty much that bye week there. Um, he's a great play. And I know that Philadelphia has been really bad against tight ends. So uh, so it's, that's no secret here. Uh, so Ebron's in a, in a good position. He's a little bit hard to trust for me in cash, though, because I just don't I don't know the production. And Pittsburgh has a lot of different weapons to go to. It's not like they have to force the ball to Eric Ebron. They got a lot of good guys out there. But, yeah, he's in a good position here. Um, but it's it, yeah, I think he's a little bit more GPP for me. Yeah, nice rundown. You hit on some great options there. If you have to save a little money, I don't really advise it this week. You could you could go down to Drew Sample at 3,700 against the Ravens. That's one way you can get uh, you know some yardage against that tough defense. And uh, you know Burrow has has shown an affinity for him. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but he does get end zone targets. Um, and you, you could save a little bit, but I, I you know, I, I really think spending that extra 300 for Ebron is going to be probably worth it if you're in that price range. Yeah, there's not too many guys at that really low, you know, price range. You know, I mean, there's some people are looking at uh, Jordan Aikens. You know, he's kind of injured this week, but if he plays for Houston, you know, there's there's a couple guys down there, but it's pretty hard uh, to pay down. And like I said, you shouldn't have to really pay down that much and try to get that 
that pump play tight end this week. You know, Ebron's about as low as you need to go. Yeah, like I said, the only problem with tight ends is just super highly owned. Everyone is super – it's very highly concentrated with those guys that we discussed there. But so, yeah, you just hope you, you, you get the right one then because everyone's going to be playing these, like, five or six guys, and it's just a matter of which one is the ceiling one, which one's going to hit big. I think Kelsey might be the sneakiest one because no one's going to want to pay up for his price with all those other – uh, blow up guys right around him, right? So Kelsey's interesting as like a GPP play to differentiate yourself. If he has one of those two touchdown games, and the and let's say Kittle and Waller have just an average game, so I think that's the could be the interesting play here. As I'm talking about how I think all these guys are highly owned, Kelsey could be lower owned and actually be a differentiator if he has a ceiling game here. He certainly could. And speaking of ceiling games, let's transition to the team defenses. Who are you looking at and hoping that maybe they'll get uh, a pick six or, or pick one up off the turf and run it back and have a ceiling game for the team defenses? Yeah, speaking of uh, bye weeks and a team being fresh, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers at home basically coming off a of bye week. So you got that whole defense completely healthy and completely rested and ready to attack. And then you got Philadelphia on the other side of that game. Their offensive line is banged up. Uh, Carson Wentz has not looked good. I mean, Carson Wentz is pretty talented, though, and he has some, you know, he has some decent players, so they might be able to score a little bit. But I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to have a lot of sacks and turnovers in that game. So even if Philadelphia is able to score a little bit, Pittsburgh will make up in, in the other, other other categories there. So really like the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense here. The other one I think is pretty interesting. You can pay up to be a little more contrarian because I don't know that they're going to be the highest owned. Is the L.A. Rams? They're going out to Washington there for the Washington Football Team. The Washington football team starting Kyle Allen. He's kind of like an interception machine, basically. And he's going to be under heavy pressure from, you know, Aaron Donald and, uh, you know, uh, and company there that really good pass rush there and great talented secondary with Jalen Ramsey and, and all the other guys they have there. So this guy is going to be under pressure and, and they get down and have to pass the ball. That's going to be a great spot for the Rams defense to get sacks and fumbles and interceptions here. So I can see Kyle Allen throwing three interceptions against his team and hopefully a pick six if I play the Rams here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, those are two uh, two nice options. Uh, I'll throw in the 49ers uh, taking on the Dolphins and they're without their left tackle. Uh, first round draft pick, Austin Jackson. So it's just going to be that much harder for um, – for Fitzpatrick to try to you know stand upright and and not uh, turn the ball over, so th there's another way you could go with the GPP, but you're not going to save much money. So I, I do prefer the Steelers for sure. I think they're probably my favorite target here with the rest. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. You know I, I I'm really excited for kickoff here, Shane. I'm after breaking this down. I feel like we're well prepared. I want to yep. get these games going, but we do still have to actually fill out our lineups. So we're going to keep grinding and uh, working together on that. And just want to invite folks in one more time. If you'd like to get those lineups, join us as a member at DFSCoachTalk.com. Grab a weekly membership or a monthly or, you know, if, if NFL DFS is your thing, we, we've got a couple days left on the fall special, which takes you through the end of the calendar year. It saves you on the monthly price. Uh, so I'd uh, love to have you all do that. And uh, in terms of social media, you can follow Shane on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. You can find me at Language Olympic. The crew is at DFS Coach Talk. And then our fearless leader, Joe Sarvati, uh, the coach, you can find him at J O E S A R V A D I. 
Charity of choice here at uh, DFS Coach Talk, of course, is MambaOn3.org. And we want to thank our presenting sponsors one more time here. BetUS.com.pa. Use that promo code COACHTALK. And there are some high-scoring games. And we're going to have a couple more of them to talk about here. We're going to do a primetime show again. Get you ready for the primetime slates, the showdown slates. And the over-unders are, uh, are, are substantial there. we got the Vikings, Seahawks, Chargers, and Saints. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun to make sure to tune in for that. But uh, Shane, any final thoughts here on the on the main slate? Yeah, so my final thoughts, I got a prediction here. My team, the Detroit Lions, are going to go undefeated this Sunday. <laughs> that's, they're on their bye week. I'm with and, you on that. Yeah, And, and exactly. also, so I'm excited about that as a Lions fan. We're not going to lose this week. We are going to be undefeated. And we're also going to be undefeated at DFS Coach Talk, you know, with our NFL lineups this week. So I'm loving sure. it this week. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Rest up and, and gear up for week six. So, uh, all right. Well, excellent work here. Today, Shane, as always, on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us. And be sure to tune in for our next NFL podcast as we look to crush it in DFS.